I'd like to introduce our first speaker of the day, Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk builds businesses. Fresh out of college, he took a family wine business and grew it from $3 million to $60 million in just five years. Now he runs VaynerMedia, one of the world's hottest social media first digital agencies. Along the way, Gary became a prolific angel investor and venture capitalist, investing in companies including Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Uber, Birchbox, before co-founding Vayner RSE, a $25 million investment fund. He's got a track record of success. Gary was named to both Crane and Fortune Magazine's 40 under 40 list in the past year. He has profiled in New York Times, Fortune, and Inc. magazines, and is frequently sought to share his expertise on CNN, Bloomberg TV, CNBC, and many more. He's here today to provide a unique perspective on the changing perception of value. I have my own kind of interaction with Mr. Vaynerchuk. I'm watching 60 Minutes the other day, and he comes on 60 Minutes, and I go, he's our speaker. That was so cool. Ladies and gentlemen, please help us welcome Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk. I got this feeling inside my bones. First and uh, foremost, I want to thank my mom for, write, for writing that intro. That was nice. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm going to give you context on how I got here, and then actually I'm going to pontificate on what I believe, but mostly I'd like to leave as much time as possible for Q&A, because I think theory is lovely, but the fact of the matter is I'm very obsessed with the practitionership and the goal that I have here, which is I think I'll be talking about a lot of stuff that people are either blind to or don't want to believe or aren't doing, and the reality is I'll deploy a lot of the energy that I was naturally gifted with and we'll all feel good and debate and then it will be next Thursday and you'll be back to your norm and a lot of this won't happen. And so my big goal very honestly here this morning is to get one or two people to understand how phenomenal the opportunity for our businesses is in the new world and try to shift what I know is the collective appetite towards the landscape that I market in and build businesses in, which is a lot of people look at these things as a negative. Uh, a lot of people look at these things as something they didn't grow up with, and they go completely in the defense instead of understanding the offense of all of this. So let me start by saying this. I love social media because of two things. Number one, it's just a word that represents the current state of the internet. I think when people hear the term social media, it's very easy to kind of think it's this nice to have, up and coming little thing when you understand that this is now the primary device of every human being in our society and over 50% of every minute that is spent on this device is spent on one of those seven websites, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, it starts to get a little harder to completely disrespect it as something that may sell somebody a product. And so for me, 
I'm, I love social media because it sells stuff. I wanna set the tone very quickly here. I did not own a computer until I was 19 years old. I was not techie, I was an awful student, I don't love technology, I don't give a crap about gadgets, I don't even wanna ever own a drone, but I know I will have to at some point. I'm not into this, I'm into making money because I wanna buy the New York Jets. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, and I think this is important, you know, uh, the reason I'm more excited to, so I'm, I'm running out of here after this keynote and I'm going to Las Vegas to, this, to CES, the Computer Electronics Show, and I will spend the next two days spending all my time with the Fortune 500 CMOs who pay me tens of millions of dollars to do their marketing, and to be very honest, there's no comparison to the excitement that I have for this 60 to 90 minutes in comparison to that, not because of the money or the stage, but because I'm so much more you than I am them. I was born in the Soviet Union. I came to the US when I was three. We were ridiculously poor. My family lived in a studio apartment in Queens, New York with eight family members on, in an apartment the size of the stage that I'm on right now. My dad made $2 an hour being a stock boy in a liquor store in Clark, New Jersey, and that's where I come from. That's who I am. I didn't know my dad until I was 14 years old because he would leave before I woke up and got home after I slept because he worked every day as a stock boy and then a manager. And I, I don't know if any of you are immigrants. Anybody here an immigrant or a child of an immigrant? Immigrants have a really interesting strategy. It's called don't spend any money on anything for a decade. And that's what my parents did, we, and they saved, and my dad eventually bought a small liquor store in Springfield, New Jersey. We moved to Edison, New Jersey when my dad became the manager of the Clark, New Jersey liquor store, and that's where my entrepreneurial career began. When I was six, I had a five lemonade stand franchise. I, uh, I manipulated, trick, depends on how you wanna word this, my friends to stand behind the lemonade stands when I was in first grade, and I would ride my big wheels. How many of you remember big wheels, that little toy? I used to ride my big wheels at the end of the day to my locations and pick up my cash like I was Tony Soprano or something. <laughs> so that's, that's who I, that, I mean, I'm starting to paint you a very clear picture. I, actually, you know what, this is the perfect crowd. I don't usually tell this part of the story. Actually, that was my second business. My first business, for about two months before I segued into Lemonade was to run around the neighborhood, rip people's flowers out of their yards, and then ring their doorbell and sell it back to them. <laughs> so you're about to hear a lot of noble, care about your customers, customer service, word of mouth stuff, but that's the seed that I come from, so don't think I'm Mother Teresa. When I was 12, I started my first big business. I'm 41, so anybody in that age group uh, probably skews a little bit more male, but if you're in that age group, baseball cards were the real pop culture thing for us in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grade. And I was making two to $3,000 a weekend selling baseball cards in the malls of New Jersey. And I don't know about you, but when you're 13 and 14 and you have $30,000 in cash under your bed and you're not selling weed, you're doing a good job. <laughs> So, you know, it's really fascinating. I'm sure for a lot of you, you feel this too. As I look around, kind of get the demo of this audience, it's fascinating that entrepreneurship is now cool. It's crazy to me that people follow me on the internet and think like I have micro internet celebrity around just being a businessman. For me, when I was growing up, getting D's and F's in school, which is what I did, which is extremely rare for an immigrant, 
and was unbelievable that my parents kind of gave me that freedom to be the entrepreneur that I was, but it wasn't cool to be a business person. You know, grades were the proxy of your success. So I sit here and I think so much about how much opportunity came to me because of the scale of the internet. You know, I was a DNF student, I, I went to college, I, I came home every weekend to work at my dad's liquor store. I fell in love with wine when I was 15 or 16 because people collected it. I hated working at my dad's liquor store the first two or three years because I was in the basement bagging ice all day, making two bucks an hour, I hated it, instead of making $1,000 being a baseball card dealer at the mall on my own thing. But somewhere around 16, I realized that people collected wine, and I loved my family, and I wanted to help, and like any good punk entrepreneur, 16-year-old, I thought I could do it better than my dad, and so I wanted to help. I was very self-aware and empathetic to this amazing opportunity my family created for me, and I wanted to give back to that business, but I wasn't interested in selling beer or liquor. The wine thing was very fascinating to me, and at 16, 17, I went all in, pot committed, and learned more about wine than any child should, and, and that became my passion. I went to college. I'm in my dorm room in 1994, September of 94. I'm playing Madden 94, dominating, by the way, and my friend comes in, and he goes, you have to come and see this. I end my game, I walk into the room, and my buddy's sitting there, couple of them, and they're at a computer. Now, I'm, I'm really one, there's some youngsters in here. For people of my age and above, this will make sense. I mean, I had literally at this point, I mean, I'm about to turn, you know, uh, I'm about to turn 19, at literally at this point have spent 15 hours on a computer, right? Nine? I mean, like, probably computer class, but since I was trying to sell baseball cards during class, I wasn't really on it. So I'm in front of this computer. I mean, I brought a word processor to do my papers on it. Like, just to wrap it up, this is only 20 years ago. Let's stick with this. And then I hear the sound that changes my life, which is, some of you might remember that the dial-up internet game where AOL was charging two bucks a minute after you used up your free minutes. And I said some profound thing like, is this the information superhighway? Because I'd heard of this thing. And within a couple of minutes, my friends were on chat rooms trying to get girls. Um, and, and within the first time that I said, again, one more time for the youngsters, I actually watched people on the internet for four and a half hours because it was so crazy. And then I waited my turn and I got on the internet and within about an hour I realized that there were these chat rooms and bulletin boards that were selling baseball cards and within 24 hours of being on the internet I realized that instead of opening up 1,000 wine superstores across the country and building the Toys R Us of wine that I was gonna do this thing and a year and a half later in 1996 I launched one of the first e-commerce wine businesses in America called winelibrary.com and that was a good decision, except, and this is super important, this is gonna really relate to what I hope to achieve in this room. What I'm gonna go into, and what I'm gonna do in the Q&A with you guys, is try to push you to spend time and money on storytelling why somebody should buy your services and your pool or spa through the platforms that exist here. I'm going to tell you, with a lot of data and a crap load of heart, why I can replicate direct mail, like I'm doing every day for Wine Library right now, and deliver four to six times the result by making Facebook ads act like direct mail instead of direct mail. I will do all that over the next hour and change, 
But here's the part you have to listen to carefully of where Sasha Vaynerchuk, my dad, did something really well. I launched winelibrary.com in 1996. It cost $15,000. I just want everybody to understand, our business was doing $3 million in change in top line revenue on 10% gross profit. We were taking home $340,000 a year before our expenses. Luckily, he didn't have a whole lot of employees and was able to take home a little bit of money, but we were not making a lot of money. The prior six years marketing budget was less than $15,000. And I don't mean per year, I mean combined. So I spent $15,000 as a small business in 1996 to launch winelibrary.com. Couple fun facts. Number one, I knew nothing about technology or the internet. The Russian guy named Alex that built it for me ripped me off at a level where, is there a camera here? Yeah, Alex, if I find you, I'm gonna slice your throat. <laughs> Sorry, just need, I needed that for me. Um, so I spent $15,000 on a piece of crap website, and in the first year, we sold $817 worth of wine on the website for the entire year. Now, I don't know how many of you have a Soviet father, but that was not the ROI that Sasha was looking for. <laughs> What's important is, is that it took me time to figure out what was going on in that world. I was still going to school, so it was half pregnant, but the punchline is that same business when I took over and was back from school full-time on dot-com and the store, I grew that business from a three to a $60 million business in a five-year window. I did it because of this. If you really understand why this has now become the thing that I've attached myself to that I say and how important it is to you, everything will change in your business. And by the way, what I'm talking about today, and I think you know, it's funny to watch you know, the presidential election caught people off guard in the way that it was marketed. You know, if you care about the nonprofit that you're associated with, if you care about helping your school raise money or whatever it is, what we are living through, my friends, is the greatest shift in communication since the printing press. The way we communicate. Do you understand that there are grown ass men in this room that sent poop emojis via text last night? <laughs> like, like, you're, you, this is not high school now, your parents are living on these platforms. Your mother is on Facebook right this minute. And you know what's great about her? She goes through it real slow which lets me sell to her even better. The great secret right now for me is I'm converting more dollars at 50 to 80 year olds than I am from 20 to 30 year olds on Facebook because the speed in which they go through the content. The amount of you that sit here and act one way, you've got an Instagram account, you're on Facebook, you're debating if you should get on Snapchat, and then when you've put on your business hat and clothes and go into the office, you don't market that way because you don't think your customer's on it because you've decided it's a young person sport even though you're old, John. It's <laughs> fascinating to me. And that dichotomy in a 2017 world is where all the opportunity is. Attention is the only thing that matters. Why was I able to build Wine Library with no money? This is not a venture capital based Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook story. This is a small business in 1998 story with no money. It was because I made every penny that I spent work its face off. And how did I do that? Instead of doing direct mail and some of the other things, newspapers, and I did all those things by the way, just so everybody knows, I did direct mail. If anybody here, anybody here from New Jersey? Right, so 
whether you, you might have saw the billboards that I put on the turnpike in 78, like I did everything, but I, I always created call to actions to understand the ROI against it, because I had the benefit of being a retailer just like you. This is easy, you will know if these dollars are effective because you control the whole funnel of the transaction. When I work with Budweiser, or when I work with Under Armour, they've got so many different behaviors going in, they're not selling it direct, it's happening in other channels, they don't know if it's TV, or if it's radio, or if it's marketing, or promotions, or Facebook. You have that advantage. So here's what happened. In 1997, I had a huge email newsletter that I built by every time anybody walked into the wine shop, I collected their email, and I built a huge 100,000 plus person email newsletter, and I had 89.9% open rates, because in 1997, nobody was sending email. And so what I was doing was I was day trading attention. In 1997, when there was only a table of this size at the North New Jersey Chamber of Commerce event where I was like, hey guys, the internet, while they were spending money on direct mail, I was sending email at no cost. It was free. And I was selling faster and more and people were paying attention even though not everybody was on email. My friends, it doesn't matter if you're on Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook, it matters that your customer is. You don't get to decide on a focus group of one that this is the way that everybody acts and is. If you do not understand that every penny you pour into this platform to try to sell what you sell is a higher ROI than anything else you've done, then you are missing the absolute opportunity in 17. And let me explain what that means. The biggest fear I have in this room is success. I hate coming to these kind of conferences where it's the best of the bunch and because success, I love when people, I'll do this whole thing and they'll, and they'll be spending all their money on print or not at all. I mean, there's a lot of people here who are first, second, you know, 10, 15, 20 years in business. Everybody here knows this is a word of mouth business. And I, and I don't mean pools and spas, I mean everything. Word of mouth is the game. What I'm stunned by is the complete misunderstanding that social media is the current plumbing of word of mouth in our society. If you crush it for somebody and you put it in super nice and it's all great and you're unbelievable and you did everything perfect in your services, how many people do you think that person told in 1986, in 1994, in 2001? A couple of friends when they came over? They're not like seven, nine? Do you know how many people they now tell after they pick one picture and put it on Facebook and Instagram? Everybody they know. And so, to me, I'm fascinated because I've lived it. This isn't, hey, I've invented this thing, Pinterest, and you should use it. This is, we had no money. We spent it on email marketing in 97. Then something came out called Google. The only time my dad fought me in my career of something that I wanted to do was Google. Google comes out. It starts doing better than Yahoo. I'm fascinated by it. And then they start something called AdWords, right? At this point, you all know what that is. The day it came out, I wanted to buy the word wine on AdWords. It was five cents a click, minimum bid. Nobody was on it yet, I was there. So I start running it, and it is crushing. There's never been anything cl close to it. The, that run of 2001, 2003 of Google AdWords, I have never had better marketing success other than what I'm living through right now on Facebook ads and Instagram influencers doing promotion. 
right now. That's why I'm so loud right now. If you've watched my career, it seems like a couple of you on Body Language have known a little bit about me. I was very quiet for the last two or three years while I was building VaynerMedia and doing things because there was nothing crazy. There was nothing that was so blatantly underpriced if you day trade attention. Right now, that is Facebook advertising. That is Instagram influencers. A mom in a neighborhood with 1,700 people that follow her on Instagram that you could pay $150 or give her free services for and she gives you a shout out and you convert four people. That. So to me, Google AdWords was insane, but my dad fought me because he said to me, so we're, it's working, it's black and white. I show him, I go, I wanna, I wanna bet the farm. The one thing that is great about marketing is when you've got the best hand, you go pot committed. So I wanted to go all in on Google AdWords, and my dad was, check this out, my dad didn't want to do it because he thought our competitors would go to Google and click our ads. Like that's how early it was back then. And so anyway, we, luckily we did it, we exploded, and then my career took a huge turn in 2006. YouTube came out, I thought it was gonna be a big deal. I started making a wine show, and this is, I want to go into this phase right now, and this is where I'm hopeful one or two of you really latch onto and try to perform this for yourselves, because this is my belief where there's the most upside for your business in the room. Out of everything I just said, I just got finished saying two minutes ago that Facebook ads and Instagram influencers are the best arbitrage and the best buy that I've seen in marketing in a decade, but what I'm about to go into has the most upside for you to transcend the revenue of your business. The problem is it's extremely hard. But here we go. In 2006, YouTube comes out. I go, holy crap, this is gonna be huge. And I sit down and I start a show called Wine Library TV. I send one of my stock boys to Best Buy. He buys a camera. I sit down in my office. I get the wine staff to pick me some bottles of wine to taste. And I'm thinking that I'm about to do QVC, right? That, that's, that's the mentality I went in with. Uh, if, you're, if you grew up in Jersey, I was really gonna go crazy Eddie meets QVC. And so I'm ready, I'm pumped, and here we go, and that camera goes on, and I realize, holy crap, this is gonna sit on the internet forever. And literally, like sometimes I look back at episode one, I can see, because I know myself, obviously, uh, I can see somewhere around a minute or two in, like, uh-oh, this is not what I should do. And right then and there, in the first episode, in the first five minutes of something I went on to do 1,000 episodes of over four and a half, five years, I realized I needed to become America's wine guy, not a salesman for Wine Library. And the reason it became this huge phenomenon, and for 90% of you that don't know, it became a show that hundreds of thousands of people started watching a day, and I did five days a week, and the format was me sitting at a table drinking four bottles of wine. <laughs> best, by the way, best gig I ever had. But what confused people, as you can imagine, what confused people was these were wines that I had hundreds of cases in stock of. I would pour it and taste it and would tell people not to drink it. Yeah, my staff was the same way. Not to drink it. That it, that it reminded me of a sheep taking a poop, right? <laughs> or that it tasted like rubber or that it was too sweet. And it was chaos internally within my company. But what I was doing was I bu was building credibility and I was leveling up. I don't want you to be necessarily the consultant of pool and spa services. You could even go into home decor. You could even go into landscaping. You've got your skills, but if you are an extrovert, if you are somebody who thinks that they can feel comfortable in front of a camera. Now, I'm gonna take it to another place. I don't know, how, how many of you are now, or in the last year, have actively listened to a podcast of any sort? Raise your hands. 
Raise them high, just want, high, I wanna see it. Raise it high, because actually, do me a favor, it's early and it's good to get blood. If you, all the hands that just raised, please stand up for a second. I want people to visually see this. If you've actively in the last year listened to a podcast of some sort, so don't sit yet, I want everybody to watch this. This is a very high percentage of a room that again, I think we can all collectively agree, this is not a 15 year old teenage girl aged crowd, right? What, what's happened is technology is changing. Podcasts, thank you for standing, I appreciate it. So podcasts is another place where I want you to debate. Here's where I'm actually going. I am asking, I am challenging this room to debate this concept. What would it look like if you started a weekly show, whether it was a radio show on podcast, whether it was a video show on Facebook video and YouTube, or whether it was a weekly thing that you wrote on Medium or LinkedIn or Facebook, what would happen if you didn't think of yourselves as resellers and retailers and service providers, but as a media company, comma, retailer? Now, listen, again, this is the great advantage of coming from exactly where you live. If I walked in to my dad's office in 2006 and pitched what I just said, because it's what I lived, he would have punched me in the face. He would have said, I have no idea what you're talking about. And this is 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Right now, everybody's sitting here and saying, what is this dude, where is he going? Like, what does that mean? What I know is the following. The, all the attention, all of it, is going here. What that means is distribution has been commoditized. No longer do you have to pay for distribution if you can produce the content that is effective. It's smart to pay for distribution on these platforms, but you don't have to. It can happen organic. You can get there, and you could spend some of your money building it. What also happens is your end consumer starts latching onto you at a higher level than just the transaction that you're trying to do with them. And for anybody in this room, and I've, you know, I did my homework before I came to do this talk, anybody in this room who isn't trying to triple down, 10x down, on being in the service business above and beyond after the first transaction is just not running a smart business as they can. That is where all the economics are in what you do for a living and if you can actually use the pool or spa as the gateway drug to services around the entire house, let alone those two units, that's when you start getting into the economics that change you from being a seven-figure business into an eight-figure business. And, and very honestly, by the way, I just want everybody to understand one thing that's very important to me. Everything that I talk about is hard. Everything that I talk about takes a crap load of work. Everything I talk about takes away from you watching entire seasons of House of Cards. <laughs> so if you sit in this room and you've put in your 30 years and you're happy with how much money's in the bank and you're feeling good and you're a little tired, you don't have to listen to me. But if you want more, this is offense. If you want more, this is offense. And I promise you, here's the part that really makes me ponder. Right now, it's offense. In 2022, it's going to be defense. How many people here are retiring in the next five years? And I don't mean you're gonna crush it and retire and buy a boat. I mean you're old and you're finished. Raise your hands high. Respect, all right? So for the four of you old dudes, respect, go fish. For the 99.8% of the rest of this room, 
everything I'm talking about right now, if you have the audacity to own your own business and live the life that entrepreneurship and owning your own business allows you, and you do not put in the hours over the next half decade to educate yourself. I do not want anybody running out of this talk saying, wait a minute, he's right. I'm gonna let our 23-year-old niece now do her thing. This is not you're outsourcing it to that young buck. And I know that's why some of you laughed. You're like, yeah, Nancy's gonna, no, no, not Nancy. You, John, you're gonna do it. If you own your business in this room, you need to spend 50 to 100 hours on the internet reading or watching videos or listening. I don't know how you learn, but you need to understand where your end consumer's attention is because you're not gonna be able to reach them and word of the mouth, listen, guys, one more time. Think about this, this is so good. I've actually never, never said this publicly, it just literally came in my head. You know how we're talking about social norms? You know how you're talking about how upset you are? You know, one of my favorite debates of parents right now is they say that their children aren't, don't know how to act social. They've decided, parents in this room have decided that our children, their children, are socially awkward because they only live in the phone. They've decided that the way humans communicate is only defined by looking somebody in the eye and using their mouth. They have been romantic in this room about the platform that one communicates through instead of actually communicating. Every child, eight to 12 to 17, in America right now is dramatically more social than you. Because when you were 12 and none of your friends were around and it was 4.30 on a Tuesday, you went outside and threw a ball against the wall. <laughs> you interacted with a tire wrapped to a tree. So you may not like the way they communicate, but I promise you, they're the most social that we've ever seen. They're just using a device and a platform that we didn't have access to. Some of you begged to have your own phone line in your room so you could be on the phone with your girlfriend for seven hours watching 90210. Yes, I don't know how social that was, but here's what I know. I know that the thing that you're complaining about is going to hurt your business because as we continue to communicate that way, the way we recommend products and service will continue to happen that way. When 29-year-old Sally, who's 17 or 19 or 21 right now, is only talking to her friends when they first buy their home, or 41-year-old Sally, you know, I always try, I, I wanna remind everybody, this is not 2008 anymore. This is not what's coming. This is what's happened. 98% of the Fortune 500 CPG brands in America declined last year because they continue to think the following. Watch this. You really want to get into the macro of all this? How many people here know when they watch television? When you watch your favorite TV shows outside of live sports, now watch them when you want to watch them, not when they air. Netflix, DVR, TiVo, on demand. Raise your hands. Hi, hi. Great, everybody. 90%. How many of you fast forward every single commercial when given the opportunity? Raise your hands. 90%. And even if the brands, my brands, that spend, stick with me here, collectively tens, I think it's now 80 billion dollars to make 30 second videos and then air them in between shows that you actually want to watch even if they're lucky enough to have you 
have a chance to see them because the remote control falls off the bed. <laughs> Even if that miracle happens, every person here, the second their favorite show goes into commercial, grabs this. And this is where the attention is. And that, at a macro, is what I'm worried about you. You're not, you are not like Sonic Restaurants or Toyota, my client, and spending it on television. You're spending it on something else. But boy, is my intuition that it's not being spent in the best place that that dollar can be spent. Or, even more scary, because you've been so successful and you were the king or queen of that town, you've gone completely complacent and aren't spending at all because word of mouth is in process which creates the greatest vulnerability. And I promise you, in 2022 and in 2024, it's not just the kid at the table there who's gonna do it better. It's also going to be the macro discussion of, you think Amazon cares about your feelings? You think Walmart spent $20 billion buying e-commerce sites so you can sell pools and spas? Like, where do you think the world's going? And so if you, are not planning on retiring in the next five years, then you need to start really understanding what's happening because I'm just talking about simple social media right now. How many people have an Alexa in their home? Raise your hand. How many people have an Alexa in their home? An Echo. One more time, Alexa Echo. Okay. How many people don't know what that is actually? I just, it's okay, I just wanna get a sense. Great. Man, that guy in the back there loves retiring, loves not knowing anything. I love that dude. We just gotta find him, yeah. He's old school, huh? I like that dude. All right, anyway. <laughs> Let me just give you the average day for somebody who needs to have their pool serviced in 2023. Alexa, I want my pool serviced. That's it. And I think it'd be really smart if you understood how social media worked in 2017 so that when you have to understand how Alexa's algorithm works in 2020, that you're the answer to that question, not Amazon itself or somebody else. Guys, the stakes are much higher. Please do me a favor. Please go read what happened during the Industrial Revolution and how many people went out of business out of complacency because they didn't understand that we were living through the biggest technology shift of that era. We are fully in it. We're now in it. And so over the next decade, I wanna remind you that 10 years ago, everything we live on now didn't exist. 10. 10 years ago. It's 11 for some of the websites. 10 years ago, no smartphone. 10 years ago. 10 years ago, YouTube's 11, Facebook's 11. YouTube, you know, these are, this is, you, if you think a lot's happened in the last 10 years, wait till you see what happens over the next 10 years. The stakes are enormously high. And I'm not here fear-mongering. This is just what's happening. I, very honestly, the fact that you're the creme de la creme of the, this, this is, like, I, I assume that the majority of people in this room are like, yes, this is the opportunity. This is where I transition from a $6 million a year business to a $15 million a year business. This is when I transition from a $180,000 a year business to a $2.9 million business. This is pure opportunity. The problem is, and this is where everybody defaults into, they raise their, Gary, I didn't grow up with this. Me neither, Carl. <laughs> I didn't grow up with this either, Carl. And guess what, Carl? You didn't grow up driving and you figured it out. 
Understanding the digital landscape and what our consumers are doing on it is now oxygen for businesses. If you do not understand it, you will be destroyed. I lived this, so I gave a keynote, so I was an early investor in Uber. I gave a keynote at the limo and taxi service thing, and when they announced me, they said Uber and they booed, a couple of them booed. Half of them, just like the Alexa thing, didn't even know it existed yet. And I said, my friends, you have to understand what this means. And where I really went with the talk, and this is where I want to go with you to bring you value versus telling you a story, here's my thesis. My thesis is very simple. It is far better to put yourself out of business than to have somebody else do it for you. And what I mean by that is, if you know your vulnerability, whatever you heard here, whatever you know, well then you should start doing that to curtail that vulnerability. And the reason I want you to build a media brand around you is no technology, not Alexa, not Facebook, not anything that gets invented that we don't know exists now, none of that builds or beats brand because they're not gonna ask Alexa for let me service my pool or who should I go with. They're gonna say, I wanna go with David, call David and fix my pool and that's called brand. And there's a very big difference, my friends, between brand and sales. And 90% of people are in the sales business. The direct mail is a call to action, it's a sale. The Facebook stuff that you've been doing, and I did some homework, it's not working because you're selling. You're not even trying to romance a girl. You're going right in. <laughs> How about making a video that's instructional that can actually help people to know what to do? Now you've provided value. I taught people how to decant, this is very nerdy, my decanting how to decant wine video, that was the gateway to $1.7 million worth of sales. It was very easy, I watched it, they'd go to YouTube, they'd watch the decanting video, they'd click winelibrary.com, because it was linked below, they'd go to the website, and they'd buy something. When you provide value up front, you win. I've written four New York Times best-selling books, the one that has sold the lease is called the thank you economy. It's the one that matters the most. And the reason it's sold the least is because nobody wants to do the work. When people are done reading it, they put it down and say, screw that. They don't want to provide the upfront value and all I'm trying to do in my career is provide the upright value. Basically my entire thesis of selling, which was the next book I wrote, jab, 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 right hook, is how do I guilt you into buying my stuff? How do I provide you so much value that it would be inconceivable to you to go with somebody else? And that is what I wanna challenge everybody here to think about as a thesis, and then what I wanna spend the next 55, 50 minutes, I wanna start Q&A pretty quickly. So let me, let me frame up q and I'll talk a little bit, then we'll get going, and then we'll see how, how much Q&A. I wanna go very detail-oriented. When we go into q and I want to be like, hey Gary, Sal, I own two stores in Minnesota, uh, you know, shops. We tried Facebook, it didn't work. Like, let's go very deep, like how do I set this Snapchat worth it? Like go very, like to me, this is the opportunity. This is the opportunity that this organization has created for you. This is, I think, you can go watch the first 30 minutes of this on YouTube. What BioGuard did for you is gave me enough time to do the Q&A, so please ask me your direct questions digitally. What, do websites still matter? How do you think about this? L let me give you some other things. By the way, day trading attention, my most exciting meeting 
is with a guy by the name of Bob Pittman tomorrow who started MTV, who owns iHeartRadio. That's why I asked about the podcast. My belief is that drive time radio is starting to get low enough in cost that it might be a deal again. So I'm not a digitalist. I'm an attentionist. I don't care where your attention is. If tomorrow I woke up and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and LinkedIn all disappeared, I'd be pumped because my contemporaries would be confused and I would be spending every minute figuring out where everybody went. And I would know for the next 24 to 36 months it would be underpriced because while people debated if it's gonna stick around or matter, I'd be executing and selling stuff. So that's the punchline. Are we in a position, do you think digitally first? The answer is no for 85, 90% of this audience. Are you, if you are, for the other 15%, are you complacent in the things that got you here, which was you were just like me and you won on Google, and you won on Google AdWords, but now that's changing because that expense is going higher, and that's not branding because that's sales, it's just blue letters. Have you figured out how to make two minute and three minute videos and put them on Facebook to drive your business? Have you figured out how to get home and lifestyle Instagram accounts, paying them $100 or $200 for a shout out, which then drives conversion for you. Have you figured out the new arbitrages? And inevitably, what are you gonna then go and do about it? Because the opportunity is real. I believe for small businesses in America, you're on the clock. When I gave this talk, a very different version, in 1999, you know whose D-Day it was? It was called bookstores. They didn't know it but they were done. And then who was on D-Day in 2009, 10, 11? Cab and limo drivers. Do you know how sad it is personally for me? As I told you, I was born in Russia. Some of my dad's friends went to LA and started, you know, drove a cab for seven, eight, 10 years, then eventually saved up all their money and bought a couple of cars and built their business, got to that age of 55, 56, had something of a business that was worth something, they were about to sell it off, and in 24 months, Uber destroyed the value of their business by 90%. One of my dad's friends was gonna sell his business for $3.7 million, decided not to for another year or two, and sold it for $370,000. That's just real. So as we sit here today, I promise you the Marriott and the Hilton weren't sitting around four years ago and saying, what are our threats in the future? I promise you nobody raised their hand in that room and said, hey, wait a minute, what if somebody invents a website that is like the eBay of people's actual homes and instead of staying in hotels, we would stay in each other's homes. How many people here have used an Airbnb or on Airbnb? Raise your hands. Raise them high, I want people to look. How many people here don't know what Airbnb is? I expect some, please raise your hands, it's okay. So Airbnb, it's okay, don't worry. Airbnb stands for Air Bed and Breakfast. It is a website where people list their homes and apartments when they're not there, and other people stay in people's homes. That's what's hurting the hotel industry. And so you sit here today, and I, I just want you to do good content on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, because that's where the attention is. And I'm worried if there's some kid, that's a, if Sally right now is about to invent something that's gonna really hurt you. And so that's why this is what I call almost like digital fitness. There's no way to run a marathon if you haven't been on the treadmill preparing for it. The most important thing for me, for you to do Facebook and Instagram and, and YouTube and videos and content and podcasts, the most important thing for me is that it's getting you into the mindset of that world in case you really need it 
in three or four years. Right now, I'm sitting here and talking to you about the differences of you growing your business next year 4% versus growing it 18%. I don't want to come back here in four years and talk about the difference between you selling your business for 3.7 million or 370,000. Thank you. So who's got questions? Great. How many, how many mic runners do we have? One? Oh, three, awesome, great. Let's start with this lovely lady here. Thanks for having me, guys. Jesus, I go in such a weird trance. I feel like I'm just like getting out of it. Hey, what's your name? Okay, my name's Mallory. How are you, Mal? I'm from the Chicagoland area. A little closer uh, to you. Mal? So, Mal, a little closer. A little closer? Yeah. Okay. Um, one of my questions is, where do you draw the line on informational and actually teaching someone how to do something that you're already trying to sell? Like for our industry, service is really big, and I know our owners have always worried how much content we put on social media so that we're not s selling If you don't do it, somebody else is gonna do it. Okay, okay. Guys, have you been on the internet? What do you think? You're not gonna do it, Mal, and your homies are not gonna do it? Like there's, what's gonna happen is some entrepreneur's gonna do it, right. who like works for one of these co your companies, mm -hmm. become the guy, and then get all the referral business to come through him. And then he's holding. Whoever has the end consumer's attention has the leverage. So give it away. I would absolutely give away milk to sell cows all day long. But people don't want to do that because right. they're used to selling milk. Right. And that's why the guy comes along and gives away the milk for free kills all the other businesses. And the problem for you is there's no cost of entry to giving away the information. I could do it right, if I knew what the hell to do with the stuff you guys do, I could do it right now. Luckily I don't, so please help me. But you know, okay. you know what I mean? And by the way, just because you're now gonna tell them because you met some guy who wrote books, at a co they're not gonna believe you. They're not gonna change. That's why they're gonna lose, because they deserve to lose. It makes me happy that they're gonna lose. That, by the way, that's capitalism. Everybody loves capitalism and business when it's in your favor. You loved it when you outworked the old guy that used to be in town and took the business. You don't like it when it happens to you. That's why I make fun of all my crony 60 and 70 and 80 year old white Republican homies that are my friends who want to then, after hustling and making money, want to change laws to protect them. I'm like, uh-uh, you're old now, you will die. <laughs> uh, by the way, unless, my business partner is Steven Ross. He owns 30% uh, of VaynerMedia. He's my partner in my fund. He owns the Miami Dolphins. He's the biggest real estate developer in America. It's called Related. He's worth $13 billion. He's 76 years old. If I text him right now and say, hey, I just found this weird shed in, in Louisiana and I think we can buy it for 100,000 and flip it into a million dollar deal, he'll text me back in one minute. He loves the game. It's not about the money. He loves the game. That's the way it is. Question? Hey, man. Steven met Central Jersey Pools, Freehold, New Jersey. Awesome. Um, Where do you live? Freehold. Oh, Freehold. I didn't catch yeah. it. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so we've grown our Facebook audience to a large number, but when we post videos or Organic other things, reach is dead. It, it's dead. Yes. So, I mean, is there any way to get around that or nope, promote pay. that? Just pay. Just pay. And, and, and I'm glad you asked that, Steve, because that hurt so many people's feelings. I wanted to remind all those people, well, you pay other places. So what happened was, it was funny, and I've, if you check videos online, I've talked about this for years, it's starting to correct itself. That was huge for me, 
and my selfish interests because while everybody was emotional and saying that Zuck screwed them, I was spending money because it was underpriced. I mean, it's incredible. You can target people that are $250,000 household income within five mile radius of your office that are, and you can pick other targeting. And the big thing though, so yes pay, it's still underpriced. In two or three years, five years, it'll be like Google and it'll be priced accordingly and then it's gonna be like Google in some categories overpriced. But the key for you to really think about is the content. Because once you have my attention, like this keynote, I have all your attention. The framework has been set for the attention. If this talk sucked, nothing good was gonna happen for me, right? So really think about the content, back to Mallory's question, right? Like, what are you actually putting out there? Is it just feature, feature, feature? Testimonials, you know, like, oh, let's talk about the thank you economy. I wanna challenge everybody here, thank you, my friend, appreciate it, continued success. I wanna challenge everybody here to a concept. I call it the Jay Cutler thesis. Let me explain. Jay, <laughs> some football fans. Uh, so. I'm writing the thank you economy. It comes out in 2011. So in 2010, I asked my order department at winelibrary.com to search people's names on Google with the word Twitter after it. So based on when somebody ordered something. So if Sally Thompson ordered something, every order. They would go, there was two people internally that went online, typed in Sally Thompson Twitter, and that'd be hard because there'd be 17 Sally Thompsons because they figured out if it was the right person. Somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk would have been great, one of a kind name. So we got some of those. So we took some of those things and then we followed them on Twitter. I want everybody to pay attention to this because this really works on Facebook. This is the reason I want every single transaction you make that you figure out a way to be following that person on Facebook. Make it a business practice that that's a prerequisite or you do something for them. Make that relationship. Here's why. Not them follow you. Pay attention to how much I reverse stuff. You follow them. Let me explain. So we find this guy who places a $287 order for a case of Pinot Grigio to Chicago. And we find him online. Unique name, they find him. And every tweet he puts out is about Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, you're the man. Jay Cutler, great pass. Jay Cutler, what the f***? You know, <laughs> Jay Cutler this, Jay Cutler that, Jay Cutler this, Jay Cutler that. So I keep getting presented while I'm traveling, like, hey, we found this, this person's into surfing, but not really. Oh, we got somebody. This guy's really into Jay Cutler. I go, great, go on eBay and buy a Jay Cutler signed jersey and send it to him and write a note that says, thank you for your business at Wine Library. That's it. And the person on the other line goes, but he only bought a $270 thing and we made $13 of profit. We were a premium price leader. Uh, I said, uh-huh. He goes, okay. So we bought a $330 Jay Cutler jersey and shipped it to him, signed, or 289. Uh, and I'm pumped, I'm like, this person's gonna be blown away, right? They bought a cockamanian case of Pinot Grigio. This is 2011, right? He's gonna be like, how the hell did they even know, right? I'm super pumped, and I'm like, and we sent four or five other things, little things, not as extravagant. And some of those people wrote back emails, that, uh, and this guy has not written back for three weeks. And I'm like, where the hell is this son of a bitch, right? <laughs> And so I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and finally I'm about to board a plane and I get a phone call and they said, big, we got him. I'm like, great. I'm like, what did he do? They go, it's actually a little bit different. I'm like, go ahead. They're like, we just got a $4,800 Burgundy order from Plano, Texas. I'm like, great. What, is it? What, what do you mean? They go, let us read you the note in the order. Hey, Wine Library, first of all, great Burgundy selection. This is insane, your prices are incredible. 
can you hold the order because it's a little hot right now in Texas, can you ship it in the fall? P.S. You sent my friend John a Jay Cutler jersey. That's how I became aware of your website. P.S.S. I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. <laughs> If your company, whether it's you or an intern or a junior employee, is following every single person that you've ever sold a pool or spa or servicing on Facebook, and they see that that wife posts that it's the first day of nursery school for their daughter, Charlotte, and you go and send that person to Target and buy some nice flowers or gifts and bring it to them and say congrats, or you call them on their birthday, or you realize they're a big sports fan and their team's playing in the playoffs. They're a Dolphins fan and they're playing in the playoffs for the first time in 15 years in the playoffs and you send them the chicken wings and catering and say thank you for their business. That word of mouth will change your business because I'm a salesman and I know that after we make the sale, we go hunting for the next one. And I know that in 1996, when you do something like that, that those people would always talk about you and tell that story. I know in 2017, those people are gonna take four pictures and put them on nine websites, and everybody in your town will know that you're a business with a little bit more soul than the ability to fix or sell them that product or service. This is the effort and the uniqueness of using social media and digital media as a gateway to create human interaction. I use this as the first step in my chess match to shake your hand. Do you understand? So many of you think this is replacing something when you don't realize it became the gateway to the next thing. 10 years ago, it was super weird to be dating somebody you met on the internet. Today, every 20 year old I know swipes to the right and left 20 hours a day. So, Social norms change. There was a time when Elvis shook his hips and grandmas and moms all over this country thought he was the devil. <laughs> Have you seen what people are posting on Instagram? <laughs> Questions? There's one over here, there's one over here. It's a race. It's gonna be interesting to see. Oh, oh no. All right, okay, it's very, very close. All right. So with all the information, What's your name? Travis Hogan, Travis. Fiesta Pools. So where do you start? You name so many different things. Yeah. Do you go home with content and yep. you have to make it relevant that people want to watch or else you're just like every other person that's going so to talk about. So let's, Trav, let's start from the beginning. Stay, keep stay up. Let's, we'll use you to really bring a ton of value. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> so Trav, what are you doing now? Anything? We've done some Facebook ads. I mean, I, I, to be honest, yes. not a whole lot, but we've done That's a few okay. things. So Facebook ads, we're doing Google ads. How much? Uh, 1,500 a month in uh, AdWords on Google and 500 on Facebook. And, and what else do you do? Uh, we do some print, uh, media direct, uh, probably 10,000 a year. On you know, print. just in uh, print. Yep. Uh, other, th I mean, word of mouth is where we get a lot of. So, how much business. marketing dollars do you spend a year? You think? Probably forty thousand, fifty thousand. Yeah. So, so, and so the rest is word of mouth that's really driving the business, right? Correct. So, look, very honestly, man, Trav, 
I think first and foremost, how many, how many customers have you had in the history of your business? Say it again, I'm sorry. How many customers have you had in the history of your business? Probably 10,000. Do you have the data? Uh, a lot of it, yes. Yeah, I would really, really latch on to the last thing I just did. First of all, with that limited of a budget, I want to maximize sweat, not cash. So let's go back and look at those 10,000 people. And of your 40, if I bought into your business and I was the new partner, and obviously you'd be like, hey, Gary, you do the marketing. I'm like, no shit, Trav. <laughs> <Yeah. You know? laughs> <laughs> yes. So I would say of the 50,000, I probably spent 15,000 on thank you economy, right? I'd probably get an intern. People always want to work and learn. Intern to do Facebook and, and Twitter data. You'll find somebody. It's amazing if you try. Yeah. Some, an intern, very low cost, to reach out and get and follow all 10,000 people, all of them. I mean it. It's going to take the whole summer. So do you friend them? Uh -huh. I mean, okay, all right. And you friend them as your business. So you have to have a okay. business page, not you. Yep, got it. Because what's Trav up to? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, <laughs> Hashtag and, creepy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you zoom in on the beard? <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so of those 10,000, 847 will accept your friendship, right? First of all, of those 10,000, 6,900 are still there and active. So 894, and those 894, and probably work backwards, right? I would attack heavily everybody in the last 18 months because it's still fresh. You know, how long have you been in business? 50, 60 years. Jesus. Yeah, I had to stop and think. Yeah, so, so I would probably, I, let me reframe it. Let's restructure. The last two years, every customer, follow them on Facebook, and then spend $10,000 on surprise and delight. You know, the other thing you can do while they're doing that is you should go to every local business in town and try to make biz dev deals. Be like, listen, I know that, you know, you go to a local business, the barber, and be like, listen, I know this is gonna sound weird. I was in Louisiana and there's this weird guy who gave a talk and he made me do this, so bear with me. I wanna surprise some of my clients with your services. I think this could be a great word of mouth for you. Are you willing to give me five free haircuts? Let me save you time. He or she's gonna say yes. So now all of a sudden, we're gonna get $40,000 worth of services for, you might not even have to spend 10,000. See what I'm, remember when I said what I talk about is hard? This is the house of cards part. This is the call of duty part. This is the, you want your business to grow, but you're on four goddamn softball teams, <laughs> right? So like, this is what I would do for you. The rest then I would do is reach out to people in your community that are making content so I would search on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube of young kids and other actors. Where do you live? Tulsa. Great. Plenty, plenty of content producers. See if some of them want to make the funny videos or the interesting videos. Drive your costs down. And then I would save the last $30,000, 20000 of it on Facebook ads against that content in the local area against high net worth individuals that can afford the products and services. Nice. Thank you. You got it. Can I add to that question? Yeah. So I work for BioLab as well. Great. What role can What's we your do? name? Peter. Peter. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, man. What role can we play to help Travis and all the other dealers do that? Because we have scale, right? We should be able to help them you know, venture into these you channels. You know, it's funny. We were talking backstage. Boehner, my company, we, we've gone from 100, zero to 100 million in revenue in six years. And what happened is now we're only able to work with the biggest companies in the world because we're fancy and expensive. And over the holiday, I'm like, this sucks. Like, I, I, I want to help people that, like, that I'm like. And so I've spent the, the last six months, and we're just about to roll it out, of a program that is somewhere in the ballpark of three hundred fifty dollars to $400,000 a year. You know? And 
I, I want to start working with more companies that look like you guys because if you then start doing better actions like this with your marketing dollars, then you can start using them as case studies to show them. And I want to make you do the scaling the unscalable. We have to remember, what you're doing, they may not have the budget for. So it's not that I want the 350 for anything other than amplification. We're still going to do the same kind of stuff as well. But I think the number one, it's parenting. The best way to parent is set an actual example. Good deal. Thank cool. you. My friend. Oh, hey, how are you? Good. What's your uh, name? Angela, Angela from Upstate New York. Awesome. Um, our biggest social media concern is reviews. That's not a concern. It's uncontrollable. Go right. To, go to Glassdoor right now, and everybody I've ever fired at VaynerMedia says I'm the worst piece of crap they've ever met. Right. So how do you <laughs> respond? I don't. You just leave it blank. Because anybody who's smart in the world, especially if they're going to buy a product and service that costs something, is going to take an anonymous review with a grain of salt. Sure. And so how do I do it? I think that most people, when they think about reviews, become ostriches and put their head in the sand. And what I try to do is become Loyola Marymount basketball in 1992. I know that's very nerdy. I'm trying to win the game 147 to 132. The biggest reason you need to get louder is if you don't get loud, somebody else is going to be loud for you. I can leave a negative review for every one of you right now. All right. Yeah. That's it then. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing that for effect because it was funny, but the real punchline is people are going to leave reviews. What do you think? Just by not being active on the internet, people are just going to not write reviews? People have written reviews. So what's the punchline here? I mean, I think when you do the right, I think when you buy somebody chicken wings to watch a football game, they might leave a review. You know, I think whenever you ask for something, it's not as pure as it would have happened. Sure, I mean, again, this is the beauty of having retention. This is why, again, I'm a businessman. I happen to be good at marketing. If you're not deploying services on top of your sales, it's just not smart. You're leaving so much money on the table. And so like first I would do that and then I would find ways to be in touch with those people as often as possible and then not just when you're asking them for goddamn money. You're super in touch when you want cash. How about when something big in their life happened? How about actually building a relationship? My friends, as we go more Jetsons, the people that act like the Flintstones are gonna win. Your grandparents are more theoretically prepared for social media than you are because they invented the baker's dozen. They invented when you walked into the shop, they started cutting your roast beef because they knew who you were. They invented coming over your house and giving you a cake when your grandmother died. Now you have technology and you can scale that. Can we please deploy some soul and scale it? My friend back there, yes, let's get him a mic. How are you, my friend? Pretty good. Russ Michael, BMB Pools, New York. Very nice. Um, Two-part question. Please. Blogs. Um, Blogs. They were very big. Yes. Um, but you're pushing video. I am. Okay. MASH so used to be the number one show on television. Okay. <laughs> Regarding content on the videos. Yes. Lots of our vendors are producing them. You're saying to do it on your own. Correct. Homegrown. Yes. Ignore that. 
I mean, you don't ignore it. Maybe, you know, when you get really to a scale where you may have a video person that knows what to do with it, maybe they can take that, edit pieces out. But if you're putting out the same content that everybody else is putting out because you're all lazy and you're just playing, pushing republish, you're not differentiating yourself. Okay. All right, thank you. You're welcome. More of that, please, by the way. That was super helpful. I, I, like, this is, it's very unusual for me to have this much Q&A time. It's a great way for me to start the year. Like, by the way, I audited a lot of the businesses in here. Nobody should be shy. You all suck. <laughs> hey. Uh, James Robin from James. Rin Robin Pools in New Jersey. Where? Um, Bernersville and Hackettstown. Yeah, very cool. My, my sister lives in Baskin Ridge. Great. Let's, let's make a deal. Yeah, right. does she have a pool? <laughs> no, she's got a townhouse. Um, right. Does she want a pool? She does, but she needs to hustle a little more. Okay. Um, not directly in social media, but I'm sure everybody in this room has been approached by uh, folks like Home Advisor and Angie's List. Sure. I have my opinion, I'm interested in yours. I think that they are taking advantage of your lack of knowledge and are arbitraging you out of your own customer and are sitting in the middle and eventually will have tons of leverage and will cut into your margin. And so I think you're all collectively digitally lazy and so you're giving away the real value. What do you think? Oh, I think they're a total ripoff. Yeah. So what I want. I is, would not participate at all. So what I want, and I don't think they're a total ripoff. I don't. Uh, you know, I have empathy for why you would think that. I just think, Jesus, you own your own business. Like, why don't you work harder to understand what you have to do to not rely on that drug? That's how I feel about Google. What do you think Google's gonna do? You think Google cares about your business and burns them? I mean, this is ridiculous what we're doing. We have an opportunity to build our brand. The reason I want your content is I want to see your face or whoever you decide, right? Like the thing that is not commoditizable. That's the key. So absolutely, they're arbing you in between. Do you know how OpenTable built its restaurant business? They took advantage of restaurant. They make, they make money. The reason they charge $1, so OpenTable. Has anybody used OpenTable to book a restaurant? Great. OpenTable charges those restaurants a dollar when you book, right? But it costs them 90 cents to get you on Google. It's their customer. It's their customer. You Googled one tree restaurant to book it, but because a OpenTable ad shows up first, you booked it through OpenTable. So they became a toll booth for their customer. Are you kidding me? I'm pissed. So that's the scoop there. Questions? Let's do it, let's keep this going. By the way, we, uh, as I'm thinking, well, before we get this question, Twitter search, if you wanna write down something very fascinating, if you go to twitter.com slash search, you can search pool terms, home terms, the words, putting in a pool, sentences even, the word pool, and then you could search within a five or 10 mile radius of your zip code, and then you could see everything people are saying about, literally people say things like, thinking about putting in a pool this year. That's, this is the world we live in now. They will actually tweet that. Now, remember what I said earlier. Don't do the 17 year old dude move. Don't just jump in and be like, I sell pools, right? <laughs> Romance the girl a little bit, right? And so, try to provide them value. What kind, do you have the yard structure? You know, some of those things that you give away for free. Then they trust and you become the person that they decide to go with. So twitter.com slash search, 
search the terms that you guys know from a maintenance, I'm not an expert, in I'm sure there's terms for some of the pipes and different things, not just the word pool, because you'll get a lot of things like in the pool and that's not gonna do you anything, right? Uh, search within your mile radius, so that's the advanced search. When you search terms, you'll get results, you'll see an advanced search, in there is you know, put in your zip code, put in a mile radius, and then just read what people are saying. This is no different than if you were sitting at the park and somebody was talking and saying, yeah, thinking about getting a pool, and you'd be like, excuse me, I, you know. And on Twitter, it's accepted. Creeper, <laughs> on Facebook, on Twitter, it's an open forum, so it's accepted, so you jumping in, just have the right cadence to br bring value first. They're gonna know what you are, they're gonna look at your profile and know that you sell it. You don't have to tell them. You're wearing the t-shirt. Yes, hey man, what's Hi, your name? Uh, my name is Mark, I'm from Nova Scotia, Canada. Very nice. With the video content, what have you learned in terms of the length of content that's applicable? Like are you looking for a 30 second teaser that then gets into three minutes? Like what, what's the target in terms it's of- It's a great question, that? thank you. So the, the conventional wisdom in my world, and it seems like you're, you're asking a question with a little bit of data, uh, is shorter is better and I don't believe that. So I believe that if Star Wars next film came out and it was seven hours and 13 sec seconds, people would watch it. And I know that when Vine was hot for six seconds, I looked at data that showed plenty of people would stop watching after three. So I would say, whatever message you're trying to say, that's the beauty of it not being a commercial where you bought 30 seconds worth of time. If what you have to say is gonna take 16 seconds, mazel tov. If it's gonna take four minutes and 10 seconds, great. So I have videos on Facebook that do extremely well that are two, an hour and a half long, but no question, when I can find those moments for a minute or two, there's absolutely more, a little bit more upside in the one to two minutes, but those 60 minute keynotes are very valuable too. So it just depends, and I would say you should produce enough content that does all things, and, and you'll learn what works for you. And, and, and if you really, I mean, video, look, this, nothing has changed. Human behavior, is just adjusting to new platforms. TV and movie stars were always bigger than authors. So if you can do video, that's real powerful. Great, thanks. You got it. Questions, very good, here we go. Yes. Bob, hey man. Bob Davis from Virginia. Hey Bob. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, a lot of the information that I've, a lot of what I've seen from you is, yes. is brief. A lot of brief stuff. I've, I've on listened, Facebook? Yeah, I've, I've listened to you for about four or five years. Thank anyway, you, what about, what's the future of the website? That's a good question. Um, I still think you need a home on the internet. So I'm pretty bullish on the website still. I'm just sad when I meet new businesses or talk to friends or small businesses or even corporations that overspend on the website. So to me, thinking about the businesses in this room, I, I think with Squarespace and WordPress, like for what you actually do, you could really honestly get away with probably between five and 25,000 all in and be in an amazing place. Probably even less in some ways. So I do think that you don't ever want to, just like in Angie's list, I don't want to be at the mercy of Facebook or, or Instagram or Snapchat or YouTube but I want to extract the value of attention while I'm there, and I want to push them to my brand first and foremost so that it's remembered, but the website is a good place to collect data, to, uh, to, to put out the information, but it is stunning to watch how many people now are making a decision on business. The amount of people in this room, my friend, who've lost business last season because their Instagram and Facebook seem like crickets or they were out of business 
is stunning. It is becoming the place that people go first to make decisions, not just the website. But I do not believe the website is dead. I still think it needs to be maintained. If people here have a website that they built 11, 12 years ago, it'd probably be smart to refresh it a little bit to feel relevant. I think it's more of a branding thing. And from a functionality standpoint, a Facebook ad that has your phone number in it is that you spend $5,000 a year on is gonna do a lot more than the phone number on your website. So I, I'm, I'm still into it, but I'm, it's clearly a, it's an evolving thing, but I do believe there's still a value in it. Do you have any follow-up for that? Well, it seems like the, the, the biggest activity that we get on our website is, is people will call right. and, and say, hey, I read what you wrote about a pool or, or a hot tub or something. I was in the store the other day, and a guy actually told me, he said, yeah, I read what you wrote on the website about hot tubs. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. It's, and, it's real, man. Yeah, and it's so real. I think... As and I'm so is your phone number, you know, to me, literally, if like we were jamming together, I'd be like, hey, let's make the phone number bigger and even more, pre like it's amazing some of these things, these subtle little tweaks, but I agree with you. That's what, you know, even before you said that, notice how I used the phone number Facebook ad. I just know what's going, I see it. It's not, I'm genius, I'm putting in the work 18 hours a day to watch the behavior of consumers on the internet. So yeah, I would triple down on the phone number, right? And then you know what I would do? Who's getting the phone calls? Well, we have different phone numbers Got on it. the site, but you know, my name is by my cell phone, and yep. as long as somebody doesn't call me yelling and screaming, cussing mad, I'll talk to anyone any time of day. You yeah. know? And the truth is I rarely get called. Yeah. But when I do get called, it's usually for something good. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, listening to you standing here, it occurs to me that probably one of the greatest values or the best uses of my website could be to, to tell the story because sales, I've, you know, happen after, from a good story. That's exactly right. And, and, and then inform people about our people and, and tell us a few stories about that. You, you beat me to it. What I would have done, my website rah, would rah. be, you know, you, I would have a phone number, I would have two or three videos, uh, and then what I would make in that video is I would reverse engineer the biggest themes of the phone calls. So the reason I was asking you who gets the phone calls, I'd love to know by breakdown like having them start documenting the content of the phone call, right? Because that I think is so valuable because then you just reverse engineer what they're actually looking for and if you're seeing seven out of 11 calls focus in on this, you storytell against that. Thanks. You got it, brother. Questions? Oh, great, um, stand up. Okay. What's your name? I'm Kara, uh, Kara. Wichita, Kansas. Very nice. Um, we, we do Facebook, Twitter, and all of that, but we haven't done an Instagram yet, and I, I, I think, do you normally, for a business, just feature products, or what, how do you get started in? Yeah, so you should, A, definitely do Instagram. Yeah. Um, so much of the decision maker in the home that's making decisions for your products and services is starting to live there. Uh, so here's what I would do. I would uh, go to Instagram. Do you personally have Instagram? I do, but I don't use it. Okay, open it. Resign in if you have to, whatever. Yeah. There's a search function. You know what a hashtag is from Twitter? Yes. And, yeah. Search hashtags, take the six most important terms in your world, pool, spot, and then again, I'm not educated enough. I want you to get into those second, you know, it's not wine, it's Pinot Noir, it's Bordeaux, it's Silicon Valley, uh, Sonoma Valley. You guys know those terms. Search those terms on Instagram. I want you to spend between five and 10 hours while you're on the flight, you know, walking down the street, whatever. It, it doesn't have to come in prime time, chip away in inefficient times. And I want you to search those hashtags and look at all the content that's being produced, click into the content, 
look at the engagement, look at the comments, and you get an audit and a feel, you're like, oh wow, these kind of photos are over-indexing across the entire Instagram ecosystem. It seems like when people take photos of their pool at sunset, people get really, like, you'll pick up on some action shots or, or tutor one-minute tutorials of how to fix it instead of, like, back to that. So, put in the work. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Questions? My man's back over here. Let's get, let's, uh, Go to that guy. We'll get back to we'll get to the second time over there. Somebody over here. One more time. Just raise your hands for me. Okay, just one. Got it. Great. Hi, I'm uh, Josh from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hey, Josh. Um, how do you find Instagram influencers for neighborhoods and um, markets? Uh, you search again. Uh, hold the mic just in case there's a follow up. You search. Uh, uh, you search by town. So you go into search, mm -hmm. and you can search every single photo that was posted in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And the first 12 photos are the top posts, and underneath that are the most recent. So you search your zip code, you click the first photo, and you, this is, I mean, the amount of hand-to-hand -hand combat this is that people don't wanna do, it's like sit-ups. We all know what sit-ups do. They do good things. We just don't wanna do them. So you have to do this work. You have to go and search, you click, the first one's a 42-year-old female that has 1,400 followers. You look at her content, she seems to be like a trendy mom. You hit the upper right-hand corner and send her a message and say to her, we think you're an influencer. We'd love to, we'd love to have you post about art. You go right there, I'm comfortable going in right for the hook. You say, look, we love your profile. We'd love for you to give a shout out to our service. Our, but this is where you deploy some empathy. Are you aware of our service? Do you care about that stuff? If you are, we'd love to do a business transaction with you. The reason I want you to do business transaction, these smaller influencers, they're not even expecting money. If, if they happen to have a pool, just you go and checking out everything, or like, who knows, whatever like lightweight supplies or, it, you know, and by the way, sometimes just, sometimes just bragging that a business reached out to them and thought their Instagram was cool enough to give a shout out. And so you just do that at scale. Other people will surprise you. You'll, like, you'll, get, you'll listen to me, you'll do three of these, you'll be pumped, you're getting some shout outs. You do the fourth one, and she's like, I want $18,000 for a post. You know, so you've gotta learn that game. Um, but that's how you do it, hand-to-hand -hand combat. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, sir. So, a uh, question. Clearly, content is king. Yes. Many of us have um, uh, click here to get our free uh, pool building guide, click here to get our free spa buying guide. You're saying to cut that up into little pieces and turn them into videos? I do. I do. I assume you're using that as a gateway to get the information to yeah, then cover capture. Yeah. yeah. Put in your email address and then bam, out it goes. Correct. And then it's a trickle thing. Of you course. Know, it's you a know, First five. Uh, uh, ideas on things you need to know, the next five things that you need to know. So you're saying to turn everything into a video. Yes, I'm saying that one of those five ideas in a minute 37 second video on Facebook on Memorial Day weekend gets shared enough to change your business way more than that funnel will ever do. Thank you. You got it. Hey, what's your name? Uh, Megan Spillers, I'm from Champaign-Urbana in Illinois. Um, my question is regarding Snapchat. So I'm just kind of wondering your opinion on the format since it's kind of pictures, 10 second videos at max. I use it to send pictures to my friends, you know, cool places, all the places I went last night in this city. 
how can you connect as a business? You know, are you just trying to be forefront of mind? Are you trying to get in touch with influencers on Snapchat? How can you utilize that? Well, somebody who invested $5 million into Snapchat several years ago, I'm very bullish on the platform. I thought it was the first platform that came along that could really bring Facebook a challenge because it had won the entire, at the time, 13 to 22-year-old demo. Um, it's an incredibly powerful tool. The reason I didn't bring it up a lot here versus the last talk I gave, I spent 80% of my time on it because the people in the room were marketing to 15 to 25 year olds, is my concern is that the demo is still too young. So in 2007, when I was talking about Facebook, I wasn't necessarily talking to companies that were marketing to 70 year olds. Today you heard me talk about 50 to 70 being my favorite demo. Um, you know, We're literally helping, I'm helping a startup that goes after people that are going to retirement homes and their number one conversion is Facebook. Targeting 50 and 60 year olds of people who have parents that are 70 and 80 and 90 year olds. Um, so I think Snapchat's amazing. I think it's got a ton of work to do. As you know, Instagram has copied almost all their features over the last three to four months, which has slowed down some of the growth for Snapchat. Uh, they've obviously got spectacles and that's a whole nother thing of AR and VR and live streaming. Um, you know, I don't think that Snapchat today, at this moment, is the craziest, most important thing for this room, but back to me saying get on the treadmill before running the marathon, do I believe every single person here should download Snapchat and figure it out? I do. I know that seems insane for so many of them, but I also know, how many people here are now on Snapchat? Raise your hand. I mean, a year ago, this would have been three hands. It would have been three. So, the, you know, what happens is, what nobody realizes is we're living in a world where everybody's living a younger life than their parents did. The younger generation's dragging you down. If you wanna talk to your daughter, you gotta get on Snapchat, that's where she's spending 83% of her time, so you're gonna be there. So, it's an important platform. Filters are super fascinating. You know, the fact that people here can buy a filter for 100 bucks around the radius of the most important park in town that then may bring awareness, I think is kinda cool. I think in a year, that would be the strategy I'd probably do, which is buy a filter. So the way filters work is, if you've been on Snapchat, I know a lot of you haven't, but it seems like a lot have, you take a picture and you can swipe and get these little filters. As a small business, you can buy a filter. So I see University of Kentucky, like you can buy a filter over Rump Arena one day for you know, 500 bucks and then everybody becomes aware, and they're like, what is this? And you have to be smart, how do you make it basketball and pool, and you gotta be creative, but that's the way, that's branding, that's less funnel and less conversion, that's more branding, but once something has all the attention, like if I wanna sell something right now to a 17 year old in America, I'm only spending my money on Instagram and Snapchat. Not a penny out of us. And that 17 year old becomes 27 very quickly. You got it, you got it. Back there, yep, got him. This is fun. Absolute pleasure, thank you very much. My, my name's Nick, I'm from uh, Toronto, Ontario. Awesome. I'd like to get your input on augmented reality and where it's going. It's gonna happen. You know, obviously, Poke how many people, people played Pokemon Go? Raise your hands. Raise it high. It's a good number. So, you know, prior to Pokemon Go, zero hands, augmented reality. We will be seeing things. Uh, you wanna really get into black and white? The reason I won't give this advice is because this would cost $150,000 to build and I don't think that's practical for the high risk, low reward chance of pulling this off. But this is a perfect example of how Angie's List or 
Remember when I said put yourself out of business? If somebody here is big enough to do this, you should debate this. What if you built the app that looked at your backyard like this and helped them put the size of the pool that they should put in, and then that app, because it's a utility, was a gateway for your service? So what I just said is gonna happen. People are gonna go into their backyard, they're gonna put out their phone, they're gonna point it, they're gonna see their backyard as if they were taking a photo, but they're gonna do that through the app called Pool Locator. And it's going to do whatever the hell you guys do for a living and figure out that he needs to cut that tree and the app would eliminate that tree and would show him the options of the pool and then he would say, I like that, he would press a button, she would press a button and you would be the person that does it. And as you think, if you make the utility and get tens and thousands and hundreds and then you could not only service Grand Rapids, Michigan, but then you could refer all the leads, because the app was big, to all the other people in this room and make 20% referral fee through having the biggest app of how people now decide where they're gonna put a pool. That's what I think is gonna happen. That was cool, actually. That was a good idea. Somebody should do that. <laughs> yep, over there, yep. Oh, oh, great, yeah, let's get, the, let's get on this side. Hi, Kathy from Aquatech in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Um, just wanted to find out if you could help me prioritize in the exact order that you think I should be spending my time. Um, right now we do a lot of email marketing primarily, so my marching orders when I go home should be what? Um, how's email doing? Fabulous. And so explain that in detail. You've got, you're collecting emails somehow and then you're marketing against it. Correct. Yeah, so uh, the thing that will probably excite you the most in the quickest period of time because the vulnerability is the first six months or a year when it's not working as well because you don't have all the expertise is Facebook. Facebook is the closest thing to email in the marketing realm right now. So how are you collecting email? Uh, with every water test and every transaction. Got it, and then you're remarketing for services? Correct. So it's more, of a it's more of a farming mechanism than a hunting? Correct. Got it, so I, I think email and text messaging and getting, following them on Facebook and surprising them. That's a kick butt idea. And I, and I knew you would like that because you like email because it's a retention vehicle. I, so let's talk about the hunting instead of the farming. How are you getting clients? Our website primarily. Um, we've spent a lot of time and effort into Google ratings, so I think that we should stop that. I don't think you should, by the way, it's never like a, you know, people still look at billboards. Do I think they're as valuable as they used to be? They can't be, because every passenger's looking at their phone, and those are lost eyeballs, <laughs> right? So it's not that you should stop that, but no, back to only having so much time, money, and energy. Facebook. You have to understand what Facebook is. Facebook is direct response sales and branding. You can do both. Whereas Google and Google reviews, it's all black and white, it's all blue actually, blue letter, right? It's not building brand. These videos that I'm desperate, and by the way, are you guys completely blown away as I am? The quality of a video from just this, you don't need to hire DRock, sorry DRock, you know, you, like, like this, this. And the other thing is, every single 17 year old in America knows what to do. So you have unlimited kids in Winnipeg or Toronto that are willing to do it for minimal or free more video content on Facebook as a gateway drug, there's a phone call ad 
uh, you know, on Facebook, which I brought up to you, I really want you to do that. I love the, it's, a, it's an ad that is underused because small businesses are underusing Facebook and big companies don't want, like Coke and Pepsi don't, and BMW don't want you to call them. So it's an ad that has creative, but it also has a button for the phone. And as you guys all know, now we look at Facebook on this, not on your desktop as much. So when you see it, you press one button and you're calling. So um, Facebook, 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 targeted, geolocated, you know, to the Winnipeg area, da, 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 that would be the place. And, and again, because we have limited time, there's a website, all of you should write this down. This is probably the information gateway you're looking for. There's a website, I'll spell it for you, and that's where you can get deeper information about this. It's, it's spelled G-O-O-G-L-E. And here's why I'm making that joke. If you want to say, how do I make Facebook video for a small business, you type that into Google and you have plenty of articles and plenty of videos. This is like exercise. You know what to do, you just don't want to do it. So now I, I, I can give you one good answer now that I've understood where you're coming from and what you react to. Get great at Facebook. We're gonna have two to three years. Everybody in this room that doesn't listen to me in three years will regret it when all the articles of 2020 is, now it costs $80 for, to get in front of 1,000 people on Facebook instead of six. We all missed it from 2015 to 2020. Got it? Because you know how much the word wine cost per click in 2002? Five cents. Now it's $13. Installing a pool cost five cents. Now it's probably something else. And so that's what's gonna happen on Facebook, that's why I'm pushing you all. It's a supply and demand. Everybody wants to get to a 40-year-old female in Winnipeg, a 40-year-old female in Calgary, a 40-year-old woman in New York. They're the decision maker of so many transactions. You're not competing with everybody in this room, you're competing with every business in the world because Facebook has to keep the ads under control because if you get too many ads, you're gonna leave. So only so many ads can get in there, which means the price of the ad will continue to go up once people realize how well it's working. Supply and demand. You're welcome. Let's get another one over there. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mary from Maryland, from Regina Pools and Spas. And how are you? Good, how are you? Amazing. Good. Um, my question to you is, we've actually started shooting Facebook Live videos, because it sends a notification out to our followers that it we're sure live, does. so yep. that they can come to us. Um, and shooting little tidbit videos on how to maintain a hot tub right now, because pool season is closed for us. Yep. Um, do you think that there's also Instagram Live, yep. but you can't do that at the same time as Facebook Live. You sure can. You can do it? Yeah, you just have to get a second phone. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, there's that. <laughs> Guys, I'm a genius. <laughs> um, but my question to you is... So if, definitely do that. Yes. Okay, So cool. we'll get a second Good. video going. Um, what kind of, if we're not doing Facebook Live and you're telling people to shoot content, what kind of camera? Should we just use iPhones or should yeah, we actually I, go get a camera and some I, mics? I think, the, I think that the iPhone is more than capable to produce the quality video that everybody in this room, based on the size of business that I believe is in this room, needs. Yeah. Thank you. How is the Facebook Live going for you? So we recently just started it yep. um, last month. How many Facebook fans do you have on your page? Not much. We How have uh, 465, I believe. So does, 
I assume that means you're getting one to two people watching the yes, stream. Yeah. at the current moment. But, but you know some... what, I, I love you for that. Like, I don't know, one to two is better than zero. Right, and we get a couple likes. Um, the first couple videos, we've only done three. The first two got around 200 views, and then our third one actually got over 300 views, so it's have you been, have you, when you When you finally post it, mm -hmm. make sure you're adding a link to drive to a conversion. Right. So that's something we haven't been doing, but as you were speaking today, that is something in my yeah, notes to do for the next people, one. Because what I like is when people are trying to be pioneers and doing new things, like I don't, like you know what old man Stan, 67, sitting over there thought about 300 views? Jack crap. Mm -hmm. He wants to know what it meant for the business. And so for me what I like is, I don't care how many likes, I don't care how many followers, I don't care, I mean I care because it's a proxy normally if you're good at it, to where it's going. I want to figure out what does it lead to, and the good part is you're just starting. Like to me, back to patience. Reason I said the first six months scare me with you. Like the biggest fear I have here is this was a good session. It was this, and then you know you're gonna go out of business if you don't listen. Then it's been detailed, and da -da -da, it's all this. And there's like nine to fifteen to twenty-two people that are sitting there saying, you know what? Yes, this is gonna. You know, and oh, and it's January fourth exactly. So we're like, yeah, this is the year. You know, it's all that stuff. But it's hard, and it takes time. Right? Now what I'm excited about, back to pool season, I don't know when people decide that or service it or buy that or what have you, but like, if you can do this hard and well and learn for the next three, four, five, six months, really nice early things can start happening in the back end of this year and then 18 can be really interesting. I just wanna make sure everybody understands the advice I'm giving here, if you decide to go look deeper and you look at, it's not easy, it's called work. This isn't a, I'm gonna miraculously hire this 22-year-old. 22-year-olds use Snapchat and Instagram to hook up, <laughs> not sell pools. It's a different skill set, but they do understand it. Mm -hmm. Cool, thanks. Right, thank you. Any other questions? Yep, let's get, this will be the last question. Thank you guys so much for your attention. Hey, I'm Eva from West Bernard, Louisiana, and we live in a very small area about, all of our little small areas, maybe 60,000 people. Okay. So our Facebook following currently is 231 to be exact. How do you know if you're actually reaching enough for your area? We only have one other competitor. They have about 400 followers. How can we maximize getting our customers to our Facebook page? So I think, I think, and is your ambition to continue to service that 60,000? Huh? Um, are you guys gonna expand the business? Do you want more locations? Do you wanna go into other cities? Or this, this is the family business, this is what you're doing? Family business, Great. this is what we're doing. I would go knock on all 60,000 homes door. I'm being Realistic. I'm being dead seriously. I'm, I'm, I swear on my children's health, that I would spend the rest of my life trying to build a relationship with all 60,000 people individually. Because I think it could be done, it's not that big of a number. I'm being dead serious. So the way I would do that to scale is if I ran your business, I would probably try to invent a town-wide event that everybody went to, that I was the owner of that event, and use the event as the gateway to be the biggest business in town. I would create the annual 100 meter dash or P 
pickle-eating content. I'm being dead serious with you, by the way. And then the content would be about the event, because when you have such a small circumference, you can really do the thank you economy in hand-to-hand -hand combat. And so I'd probably run Facebook. I wouldn't care about likes at all. 231 versus 400 means nothing. I, I would probably run some Facebook ads against the, the zip code, and I would try to like literally meet them. Like I'm, I'm not kidding. Like I would think a lot about event marketing. Um, I mean, I assume you're not spending a lot of money on marketing. Actually, none. <laughs> right, that makes sense. So what we are you are doing? Like, very good, we have good word of mouth. And of course, we, so um, you're basically sitting and waiting for people to call you. Absolutely. I hate the living shit out of that. <laughs> But we do, we offer so much for our community and we're so well known that my father-in-law owns the business yes. and his mentality is I don't need to spend mark money on marketing when we have as much business as we can handle at this current time. I get it. So we're kind of You know, listen, I can't, I can't deploy my thesis or ambition on your father-in-law. Like when I hear that we have more business than we can handle, my mind goes to, you better hire a bunch more people, jerk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Family dynamics. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.